to finding calm in the chaos. I am Denise, and this is my podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of Finding Calm in the Chaos. I'm Denise. This is my podcast. Here we go. Okay, today we are going to talk about something because I've really been, oh my gosh, my friends, I have been diving deep, deep, deep into the realm of what is Denise. Um, And I do think that Mr. Sith is also doing the same because he's been coming on this journey of purging with me. And I do believe there's a direct correlation in the self-development and therapy that I've been doing to just kind of rid myself of anxiety and any kind of, I have postpartum rage disorder to get rid of that and, or at least manage it. You don't get rid of it, um, but you manage it. I want it in remission as long as possible. I want fewer outbursts as much as possible. And I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that it's happening. And there are situations where you always slip back. And in all honesty, I will maintain that I do believe that in certain situations, some people actually need to be told off. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you know me, you know. It's, it's kind of like the, if you know, you know. Um, there is a lot of stuff that's been going on in my life. And one of the biggest things I'm seeing is that as we are going through the house and we are purging it and decluttering pretty much at the rate we're going, we're purging like 70% of everything we're going through. And it feels amazing to just get rid of that stuff. And I'm seeing that as we are purging the house, that outwardly we're just more comfortable and we're happier and more relaxed in our environment. But also like, guys, I love a clean house and the house is looking really good. Not just the house, like I call it like the living quarters. So the public living quarters, so like den, kitchen, office, main floor everybody kind of sees that but i'm really getting into doing laundry again and if you know me personally i cannot stand i can go as far as i hate laundry but here i am trying to pick up a regular laundry schedule and when i say that meaning days for regular days for all of the towels regular days for sheets and linens instead of just taking them all off and piling them up in my closet because i love my closet right now because we finally cleaned it and i would say it's probably 90 percent clean there's some stuff in there because i don't know where to put it but i know that it will be stored somewhere at one time with the other stuff that I have that I haven't found yet. So we kind of have like a um, like a station area of things in wait of organizing different things. So like old pictures that we're all gonna scan and send to the cloud so we don't have to keep them anymore. Um, keepsakes from my childhood, keepsakes from uh, Peter's childhood. Uh, well, obviously he's in his childhood, but I'm gonna actually try to finish the baby book um, and stuff like that. And, and Mr. Sith as well. And then just arts and crafts, that kind of stuff, right? So we've been doing that. And as that's been happening, I'm finding that I am learning to discount or just kind of almost shed things and people around my life as well. And I don't mean that in a bad way. There have been some instances where there have been like last Saturday. Okay. Um, <laughs> last Saturday's coffee talk. I'm not going to go into it because I'm over it. Um, but just, you know, sometimes you need to dump and Saturdays are my dump day. You know what I'm saying? Um, but sometimes you need, there will be instances where you just need to purge friends as well. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that I love everybody who has come into my house and every instance that uh, or occurrence that has happened to me personally. I do not ever regret a day that I ever got cancer. I don't ever regret a day that I had to serve time in jail. I don't ever regret a day for any of that situation because it made me and brought me to this person that I am today. And it has really been the Holy Spirit literally banging me on the head 
that, okay, you wouldn't have to do this if you just followed me or listened to what I was saying. And I am actively listening currently. So things are all working out because there is a path that's laid out. But one of the things that um, I have really been hard on myself in the past is why I do certain things, why I possess these characteristics, these, um, these traits um, in my character that I feel like I didn't choose. Like, why am I like this way, but nobody else is? Or somebody, I'm obviously there are other people like this. Um, but diving into it more in therapy and reading and doing some extracurricular activity and research on it, I have found that there are like nine traits that certain people get, uh, adults, okay? So these are things that adults, traits that adults, uh, people, I cannot talk today, which is probably not good because I have a podcast. <laughs> okay, let me try this again. These are nine traits of people who as children didn't receive positive reinforcement. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Finally said it. Because here's the thing. I am finding out that essentially per psychology, there are certain uh, differences that are seen in character traits of individuals of those who didn't receive enough positive reinforcement as children, how they do develop these certain characteristics. And there are nine major ones, right? But there is a profound difference between growing up with regular positive reinforcement and growing up without it. And I don't mean that it was necessarily negative. Um, there may have been negative. In mine, there was negative. But also just the absence of positive. So even if you have grew up with what I call like mute parents. They just did nothing and you were on your way. They didn't say anything. That is still the same situation. You lacked positive reinforcement. So they're not, the traits themselves are not inherently negative, um, but they tell a story about the person's upbringing. Okay. And so I'm going to go through those. Um, they were super interesting for me to actually know. So to break it down and, and really know what it is, but um, I identified with a lot of these and I was just like, well, you know, some of them I wish I didn't have, but some of them really have made me um, into um, a person today that has strong characteristics of these particular traits that have really helped me along in life. So um, it's kind of a give or take situation, which is pretty much everything in life as we all know. But one of the traits, um, so if you if you identify with this like I did, you have difficulty accepting positive feedback, okay? There's something fundamentally challenging about receiving praise for those of us who didn't get much attention basically growing up, if we didn't get it growing up, okay? Um, psychology tells us that kids that don't receive positive reinforcement struggle to accept it in their adult life. And that can manifest in a bunch of different ways. Okay. For some, it leads to this, uh, almost insatiable appetite for approval. Okay. For others, it results in like a tendency to dismiss compliments or downplay them. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I am a little sample of both of these. I used to be a total people like I needed approval for everything I did from people that could give a shit. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, why did I seek approval from somebody who never gave me approval? And that's that little girl syndrome, right? Childhood trauma. And this tendency to like dismiss compliments they receive, I will dismiss that. And I actually did some coaching with someone once that really kind of made me accept compliments. It's very hard because you look for me, I, somebody would say, you know what? You're really good at doing that. And I'd be like, oh, I do it all the time. It's not the, no, I, I would literally like talk it down, right? I would downplay it or dismiss it, not say anything at all. Like, Hey, um, instead of basically being like, you know what? Thank you. I really appreciate that. I accept that compliment. Thank you. Period. Right. 
the heart of the issue is basically the same on this, right? You have this deeply ingrained belief that they aren't deserving of praise. Like, I don't, it, it's totally true. You don't deserve praise. I don't deserve praise. And that belief stems from our childhood experiences where positive reinforcement was lacking, okay? But again, for me, it was important for me to understand that this trait was like not a flaw but it's a reaction to my early life experiences in childhood. And once you understand that, it can help you better respond to individuals and provide um, individual support that they need, right? It's not about changing people or you, it's about understanding you. That was really big for me. You know, we spend so much time in marriages worrying about whether or not we want to like change our spouse or do something with our spouse. We may have to do this episode in two um, pieces because um, it's a really deep one. So I may have to do a part one and a part two on this. Um, but I used to think that I could almost alter the way Mr. Sith did, but I don't want to do that. I want to understand how he ticks because if he understands how I tick, and I understand how he ticks, then you can really start working together cohesively. And that's what we have actually done over this last couple years, but the last year in particular, and this year we're gonna be rock stars. Like we are rock stars at it. We're hitting up the marriage devotionals. We are really going at it. Uh, but that's pretty much how it goes with that. For me, I have found that this particular trait has been one of the ones that um, has kind of served me well, but at the same time, I've been able to overcome it as well. Um, going on to the second trait is overcompensating with perfectionism. Uh, there are neon lights going on over my head right now. In case you needed to know, they are neon lights. Um, I... Um, Remember growing up and pretty much all through my life, I've had this constant need to be perfect in everything I've done. Um, academics, sports, like cleaning my house. Anything that is less than perfect is unacceptable. Now, I am also diagnosed with OCD, so there is some compulsive actions with that as well. But just this particular desire to be perfect um, I take, I'm known as taking Pinterest stuff and, um, and then out Pinteresting Pinterest. You know, I have Pinterest fails. I'm that out, I out Pinterest Pinterest. That's like the joke with my friends, but it's, it's more than just being ambitious, right? Or striving for success. Uh, it, it's a form of overcompensation because I didn't receive positive reinforcement as a child. I developed this belief that only being perfect could I earn appreciation or validation. In my case, there was never a perfect. Even if I was perfect, which no one is, okay, I was never going to get that validation. So um, according to psychology, this is a common trait among those who lack positive reinforcement in formative years. Um, they are so important and I want to make sure that as I am a mom myself now, that I am trying to do whatever it takes to let Peter understand that there is positive reinforcement, but healthy positive reinforcement. Because I also don't want to go the other way where I overcompensate and he literally lacks the inability to be a functioning adult in society. Um, but... The constant striving for perfection is exhausting, okay? And it leads to 100% unnecessary stress and anxiety. And it's important to acknowledge that it's okay to make mistakes and learn from them rather than aiming for this unattainable perfection. But I will tell you, these I really, really could identify with in my life. And it all makes sense because a lot of times we blame it on ourselves. We take on all this unnecessary stress and anxiety from being perfect, from trying to do this, trying to do that. And we don't like, why, why? Like for me, it even at one point would bother me when other people wouldn't strive to be perfect. Why wouldn't they? Um, 
because they weren't in the same mindset I was in the same sort of like learning to function functionally with dysfunction from childhood. Isn't that weird? It's crazy, right? We're going to take a little quick for endorsement break and then we'll be right back. Hey everybody, Denise here. Listen, you guys know that I have been on this food journey um, and I've really amped it up this year going um, a majority of plant-based. And one of the things that I have utilized to help make this journey a little bit easier and have what I need, the food available to me um, at a convenience has been Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is a company that's on a mission to make it really easy to eat more sustainably grown organic fruits and vegetables every day. Why? Because getting five servings daily can help you live longer on a healthier planet. But also it's because it is really hard in a busy lifestyle and day today, especially as moms, to actually be able to get those servings in. And I absolutely, hands down, use their products every day. The number one that I love, the smoothies. So this is huge. I literally just add water. My favorite of all time is the cinnamon, uh, the carrot cinnamon. That's what it is. It tastes like a carrot cake, except it's good for you. And they have tons of them. They have a cold brew options. They have greens options. They have just fruit options. They have super acai options and all of these different, uh, whatever fits your lifestyle they have. I can offer to you guys a personal code that I have that is just like everybody else can get one. You can get one as well. If you sign up for the product and pass it on to someone that you know, um, you can get up to $65 off on your first order, depending on what meal plan or products that you selected by just using uh, the code RE-K4LMG46 at checkout. Again, you can, I will put the code below on the podcast for people to copy. But again, that promo code is RE-K4LMG46 and get yourself some daily harvest. Start a new journey for yourself, just like I did and feel better about you. yes my friends we are back we are back um we are talking about nine personality traits that people get from um having a lack of positive reinforcement in their childhood and we went through the first two which was difficulty in accepting positive feedback is number one number two is overcompensating with perfectionism Okay. So those were two that I greatly identified with. Uh, we might have to split this episode in two. So I'm going to do probably four today and maybe five. We'll see how we, how many we can squeeze in. Um, number three is struggling with self-confidence. I know people are always like draw, you know, jaw to the floor, like shocked when I say that I struggle with self-confidence and, um, because I am, I guess moderately outstanding. I, here's the thing. I don't really enjoy being the center of attention, but I can easily carry the center of attention. Does that make sense? I like to talk. I can carry a room. I can, you know, conduct a crowd. I can speak in an amphitheater. It doesn't bother me. Um, I enjoy entertaining people, um, that kind of thing, but I don't know that I necessarily you know, am super, super confident. I know I could do things like speak in public and stuff like that, but with respects to self-confidence in general, there are a lot of things internally that I struggle with. So this, I also could identify with very, very much. So when kids are consistently receiving positive income, it helps build self-esteem and confidence, which is why it's so important. I want Peter to go through that. 
Um, I want him to have that confidence as a teen, as an adult now, you know. But for those who didn't experience this, okay, like myself, the story can be super different. And you might react to it a different way than I do, but many individuals who just lack positive reinforcement in their childhood really struggle or often struggle with self-confidence as adults. And they're going to have a hard time believing in their abilities or tend to underestimate their worth. Now, I will say I was really good at understanding my worth. Like I I, I might have over, oversold my worth. Um, I was really good when I was in the corporate atmosphere of, you know, always getting the pay I wanted, the salaries, the PTO days, all of that kind of stuff. I was really good at never, ever feeling I was in a man's world in all three of my professions. And I felt like I never lacked in the salary position because I would just ask for it and um, repeatedly ask for increases. I never struggled in that part. But there's something that, um, here's something that a lot of people don't know. Okay, let's just go right to the study. So according to a study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, people who didn't receive much positive reinforcement as children were more likely to have lower self-esteem and higher levels of self-doubt. This would crushed me a little bit because when you understand this, it can help us empathize with the challenges that we face is just ourselves and perhaps even support others in helping them build their self-confidence because we all don't know everybody's past. We don't know everybody's story. We don't know what they've walked through. And this is why I have maintained my little motto of this podcast of lead with kindness because things like this you never ever know so struggle with self-confidence uh number four the tendency to be over critical i feel like they wrote this about me like i feel like every single one of these kind of like affected me in some way shape or form but growing up without much positive reinforcement often leads people to be overly critical towards themselves and others. Um, I could totally be that. Now, I normally would not say it openly um, unless I was in a really good relationship with you. And then I would tell you, like, I'm that friend where, can I get your opinion? Do you really want my opinion? Or do you want me to just say what you want to hear. Like, I'm not that gal. So if usually if friends are asking me for an opinion, they're looking for the truth. If they're not looking for my opinion, they just won't even bring it up to me. Flat out, that's how it goes. So I guess I might have high expectations, right? I harshly judge shortcomings. I don't do this as much as I used to. And I also 100% keep it internally because I know that it is an issue that I'm working on. But this literally is a result of like the internalizing of the lack of positive reinforcement that I experienced as a child and projecting it into my adult life. Once I got that, then it all made so much more sense. And I was able to like, just shut your mouth, Denise, and like, yeah, bring it in, bring it in. Because this trait, really impacts relationships because inadvertently I can set unrealistic standards for others and I struggle sometimes to accept people as they are because I want to change them. I want to think that they can do better or I want to know that they can't. So don't think it's always like, I don't feel always that, well, I don't feel always, but I am often perceived as the person who is the bad person in the situation because I said something. But a lot of times it's because I am the more honest person. And so I'll just tell you, like we just discussed, like I had a friend once who was, I'm, I'm not even kidding. So I had a friend once who was trying on like some clothes and stuff. And there was this beautiful like navy blue dress she was trying on and it looked fantastic. Um, she didn't want blue. She didn't want a blue dress. She thought it was too just drab. So she went and tried on this like almost kind of like a gold lame. It was like really sparkly, thin, kind of crunchy material. She put it on and it literally basically was a strobe light for every 
issue or indentation in her body. And I, she was like, her eyes lit up. She was like, this is so sparkly. I love this dress. Don't you think this is the dress? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm sorry. You can't even compare those two dresses. You are a knockout. It's like that blue dress was made for you. This uh, is definitely sparkly, but it's also highlighting like every flaw in your body. Rock the other dress. It's more elegant. She was so pissed off. Like she was really mad. And I'm like, why did you bring me? If it, I mean, I don't want you to like wear that gold lame. And then everyone's like, look at all the flaws in her body. Yeah, she liked it better. But sometimes the things we like aren't always the best for us. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's just a fact. And you realize that everyone's like, do what's best for you, girl. Um, that theory doesn't really apply in reality. Because sometimes what we want is not what's best for us. I want a Bentley, but it's not what's best for me. It's really not that great of a car. It's super high in maintenance. And uh, why would I spend that much more for a car when I have just as much time, enjoyable time driving the SUV I have? You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. Um, would I want a Bentley? Yeah, sure. Give me a Bentley. But I'm just saying, you know? Um on basically understanding that this tendency to be overly critical helps us comprehend why people might come off as tough to please or hard to impress because I've had both of those labels put on me. It's not about being difficult, but basically a reflection of their early life experiences. So we just need to work through it a little bit more, but yes. So if you have been told that you are tough to please or you're hard to impress this could be one of your nine traits um oh hey we're getting there oh let's say number five okay this one people are gonna laugh but this is this is another one that is right on uh fear of failure because a common trait among us who didn't receive positive reinforcement in their formative years is this intense fear of failure so I might actually avoid taking risks or stepping out of my comfort zone due to like this deep rooted fear of making mistakes and not meeting expectations. And that fear can be paralyzing. And I'm telling you often, literally stopping me and preventing me almost from pursuing like new opportunities and experiences. Mr. Sith will tell you this. I love to travel and do stuff, but when it comes to doing risky stuff, like riding trams and stuff like that, I have an issue with kind of doing stuff like that. I also like to dive into things, but then if it doesn't go my way right away or things are troublesome or I haven't like my book, uh, my book series, I'm still working on them. I've had to put that aside, but there are many days I've been so incredibly frustrated and felt like a failure because I didn't have the time to work on it or I didn't understand the program to illustrate the way I wanted to. And so it is very, very common for that to happen. Um, but it is this fear of failure that is stemming from my childhood where these mistakes are being met with criticism rather than understanding and encouragement. And when you recognize that that fear can help us empathize, okay, with these individuals or myself or provide support like in um, overcoming this fear, encouraging them to embrace failure as a part of growth and learning. And I have found that uh, Mr. Sith has worked really well. He has been a huge empathizer with me um, in, in encouraging me uh, to do these things and not overcome it because and and overcome it because I can do it and that it's just like this little thing like you totally have this you're really good at this go ahead and do it and so I was like well yeah I guess I should right um, so that's number four a uh, five I'm sorry that was number five that's my bad um, was that number five yeah um, sorry I was looking at my notes or like scratched on. I'm, I'm like on sticky notes today. Uh, number six, the sixth of the nine traits, difficulty expressing emotions. Now, let me explain something to you. Everyone knows that I mentioned it 
often because I'm not ashamed of it is that I was diagnosed with postpartum uh, rage disorder. Um, I do not have depression. I have rage. I've also suffered from uh, anger management my entire life due to a traumatic childhood. And so um, I have learned to deal with that. But in exchange, we weren't really allowed to have feelings or opinions when I was a kid. It was like, you know, basically like whatever my parents said is what we did. And um, if it sometimes even that way, we all got lashed out on. So emotions are super complex, okay? And learning to express them in a healthy, constructive way is a skill that's developed over time. I did not possess this skill till I was maybe in my 30s. I thought I did it all wrong and realized that in my 40s and now in my 50s, I'm correcting that. Once again, you can always learn, people. Um, it is it is really, really hard. And I struggle to share feelings and especially vulnerabilities with others because it's out of fear that you're not going to understand and I'm not going to be validated, right? All these other things that we discussed today now are coming into play. And so I might also find it difficult to identify or understand my own emotion. I don't know why it upsets that. Sometimes I feel um, that my passion in things overrides it because I don't just have a passion in like a hobby or in cooking or in traveling. I have a passion in friendships. When I'm in a friendship, I'm all in. And a lot of people that could be a little bit too intense. So it, I struggle with my own emotions when it comes to that. This isn't because I'm like cold or detached that you might not know me. A lot of people will straight out say that if they don't know me, that I look like a bitch. And I set off that thing. I've had tons of people. I don't have people who would normally just come up and hit on me. And that's because I send out that vibe. I'm unapproachable. Not in a good way. It's because I'm setting up all of this cold and detached, like, you know, warning infrareds and nobody wants to come near that. And that's because in my formative years, we didn't receive any positive emotional support that could have been taught on how to navigate my feelings. There were no feelings. You have feelings? Why are you crying? Stop crying. You know, why are you doing that? It's not about you. It's about us. It's not about like, it's just not you. And, you know, there's a fine line about that. I don't think that we're in the me society we are today that is just like completely the opposite end of like us poor what is it, Gen Xers that, you know, basically raise themselves. I think it leads to a lot of independence and, and some of the things we had, but it really affects the psychological part of us because we didn't have that connection with our parents. Does that make sense? I want to have that emotional connection with my parent, with, with Peter, but I also want to make sure that he is that I'm raising him and giving him all the emotions and the knowledge and the, the leading and direction um, so that he can be a well-introduced adult in society, functioning. He works well. He works well with others. He knows that life is disappointing. He knows that sometimes he might be the best person at work, but he might not probably get the promotion because somebody else knows somebody. I want to be that parent. I want him to know that he could talk to me about anything. And that's the case. So that's the deal with that. So basically, difficulty expressing emotions. But when we do, sometimes we can be overly emotional. So you're either, it's like one of two extremes. You're either completely clammed up and tight and nobody wants to approach you. Or then when I do feel like I could let the guard down a little, and then I start get to know you, then I'm all in, remember, I'm all in. And then if I get crossed or I get hurt, then the emotions can be in excess of what they normally are. And then that scares the hell out of people as well. Number seven out of the nine traits, um, constant self-doubt. This is super struggling, but I remember... Um, basically always second guessing my decisions. Okay. Um, every choice seemed in life like a test that I was going to fail. And, and this is really disturbing when you, in your mind, when you're going through life like this, right? 
um, this constant self-doubt is a common trait among those who didn't receive much positive reinforcement in their childhood. And I'm going to question my abilities. I'm going to question my decisions. And I often worry, okay, we will, if you are this person as well, often worry about not being good enough or making the wrong choices because that lack of self-assurance is linked back to not having received this necessary encouragement and validation during, again, the formative years. And when you recognize that this or, or recognizing that in general can help us understand this need for reassurance and validation in adult lives. And so if you're seeing that you're constantly in self-doubt. You really can't make a decision about anything. It's it's just something that can be worked through. I know a lot of people think these are negative traits. And in all honesty, they were kind of traits that were molded into us. And we could have not had these had we gotten the, you know, the self-assurance that we needed and the positive reinforcement. And so rather than think of it as a bad thing. Oh, I have these and now I'm doomed to whatever. We're not. I'm not doomed to these. What I do is I take these and I mold them into the self-work that I'm doing every day to try to be able to cope with those, to be able to make sure I'm raising my son to not have these same issues. Stopping that repetitive behavior, right? That vicious circle of family dysfunction. And so there are things that could be worked on. And I want you to take from this, not that something's wrong with you, especially if you relate to all nine of them, like I do, um, that there's not nine things wrong with you. There are nine things that you know now are not just you. It's not just me. Like I'm not the only person who feels like this. To me, it was a relief. It was a comfort to know that I could work on these. And it was like a huge eye-opener thing with my therapist. So um, number eight, going to do two more. Screw it. We're doing them all today. Uh, sensitivity to criticism. Now, let me tell you, I was really sensitive to criticism. I'm still working on it a little. I have like my go-to stuff, but I know a lot of people now um, will wait for the explosion or they get nervous that I am just cutting it down. I am just cutting it down. So individuals who don't receive much positive reinforcement growing up often develop a heightened sensitivity to criticism, okay? Because if you were like me, you heard it a lot. You never did anything right. I never did anything right. Everything I did was wrong. Like I said, even if I was perfect, it wasn't going to matter. I was going to get yelled at for something. I perceive feedback, even if it's constructive at one point in my life, I, I literally perceived any feedback, even constructive as a personal attack or an affirmation of my inadequacy. And this is because in childhood, I didn't receive that positive or enough affirmation of my positive attributes to balance out the negative feedback. So when it's all negative, think about this. It makes so much sense. This to me was the most lightning load of anxiety off me as an adult. Think about that. That the feedback you perceive, even if it's constructive, is perceived as a personal attack because of your inadequacies. What inadequacies? Because truly, are they inadequacies? No, it's just a feeling that was instilled in us, a post-traumatic stress disorder from childhood, from early years, that you don't receive enough affirmation of your positive attributes to balance out the negative. So you didn't get that balance. And I'm saying it goes both ways. If you didn't get any negative feedback and you got all positive, I think we're kind of running into the world we're in today where people just simply can't cope. So it's a negative either way. You're going to flip out if you got all positive and you're going to flip out if you got all negative. Think about it. It totally makes sense. The more you dig through people and you understand people could be walking through things, right? Because we all are. The more we can understand each other and stop being so like we are today, insane, <laughs> just I mean, we are, um, 
But this sensitivity can literally affect various aspects of our lives from like personal relationships, professional interactions. When you understand this trait can help us approach people yourselves even with more tact and empathy because it ensures that your feedback's delivered in a considerate and constructive manner. And I will use it as an example, Saturday's coffee talk where I broke up with a friend I still love them. I appreciate them being in my life. I will cheer for them forever. Uh, You know, we didn't unfriend. It wasn't like, you know, she'll probably still get a Christmas card. I just, I feel like it was okay to be like, you know what? I addressed what your concern was. And I'm also addressing that at this time in our lives, you know, you're saying, I don't know you. And my beef was that you didn't know me because she did something. So, if I'm doing something to you that I'm unaware of and you're doing something to me that I told you of and you didn't really care, then I think that it's just time that we grew, we've grown apart and that's okay. And I wish you well and whatever. I will tell you five, six years ago, had this same situation done, we would have been beefing. It would have been a war. It would have been a fierce war. And I never lost ever. Like I just would be relentless. I could like literally hurt people with my words, like bad. So, and it is, you know, when you're working through these and you, for me, the biggest thing was acknowledging that I have all these, but in a neutral way. So it just, it just makes things more clear because you can also judge yourself. If you can't even address your own faults or misgivings, okay, or personality issues. Um, you're not going to please everybody. You need to be totally like, you need to know that straight down the bat. But if you can't accept that not all your personality traits are positive for people, then that is a problem. So I know I'm not for everybody and that's okay. In the past, I got super defensive about it and got really mad because of all of these childhood issues that I had not reacting properly to them. And so now that I can sit back and look at these things and analyze, you know, she's not a bad person. I enjoyed being with her when we were together. We've grown apart clearly and that's okay. It's okay. And you never know. I mean, if she finds a path in her life that is somehow winds up crossing mine again, and it it is a true point, because that happens with people. You your paths are sometimes like a figure eight, you know. Oh, people come in and out of my lives, in and out of my lives. That's true. They do that for everybody's lives, but sometimes you have to then be able to determine uncritically in your own mind. Is it a time, like, have all of these things been resolved or at least do we understand each other differently at this point in the figure eight infinity? You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't, then you still take a pass, but you don't have to take it personally. You could just be like, no, I'm not interested in that. You know, right now we didn't really get along. It doesn't look like I personally still feel this way or you still are doing that. So it's probably not the right time for us. And it could never be the right time. And that's okay too. But there could be times where you are growing. Someone is growing in conjunction with you and your paths meet up at another time. And then you could become friends and be better friends again or in a better relationship or, you know, anything. Just, I mean, life is open to anything. And if you're not, you're really missing out because that's just... We're put here for a reason. God didn't intend for us to be just sitting back playing video games all day and not growing and just being angry. And I understand that. And I don't want that. I've always wanted to grow. And the more I have walked in conjunction with God and on the path that he's already ordained for me, it's just been so much easier to understand all these things. And I will tell you, it is also a relief that it's, that all of these things are not my fault. Now, I'm not blaming my parents because they dealt with the cards that they dealt with when they became parents. 
That's their story, not my story. I just have to take how I was raised and how I wound up as an adult and how I can function as a better adult knowing I could have had these little tweaks in childhood and things could have been different. To me, if there's always an opportunity to, to enhance, fix, better yourself, whatever you want to call it, okay, take it. Absolutely take it. Uh, number nine, the last uh, trait is the need for control. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Okay. The most significant trait that I have found in me has been this one. Without that positive reinforcement as a kid is a strong need for control. And that's with all the other stuff I had going on and the adult child of an alcoholic. There was some physical abuse, meaning just more, you know, slapping around and spanking and stuff like that. Not sexual, but, um, the most significant trait is this one, the strong need for control. Cause I had zero control over anything until I moved out of my house. And that was at 17 and a half, almost 18. Let me tell you. It makes a difference. It makes a difference because I feel the need, almost a compulsion to control situations, events, people, okay? Um, this need for control stems from this desire to prevent negative outcomes or criticism. It all makes sense, okay? If it's something that I frequently encountered in my childhood was negative feedback, then Obviously, I'm going to grow up into someone who has this desire to prevent negative outcomes or criticism. Except in life, you get negative outcomes and criticism. So you got to put your big girl pants on and like deal with it, you know? But you, once you understand, now remember, okay, remember, friends, this isn't like this trait isn't about like dominance, okay? But it's about fear and insecurity. It's a coping mechanism, right? That helps navigate my formative years or maybe your formative years. And it's carried over into our adult lives. And that understanding in itself can help approach this uh, individuals with patience, empathy, kindness, okay? This is why those things are always kindness, patience, empathy, kindness, lead with kindness. Because not all people have patience, you could be having a day. Not all people have empathy. And to me, there are some people who have are the empath, you know, the empaths. That's too much. I don't want that either. But you can never go wrong with leading with kindness because everybody can be kind. That is a choice. Patience is something that you can have or not have based on your circumstances in a given moment. Empathy, same. Some people simply are not in a mindset to have as much empathy as other people, okay? I'm not talking about like sociopaths or like, let's let that go. Um, for sake of this podcast, uh, we're talking about normal people uh, on the empath, uh, the empathy scale. You know, it's okay to be like in the middle, all right? But kindness... There are varying levels of empathy is what I was saying, but kindness can always be chosen and everybody can give it. That's why I always say lead with kindness. I mean, it's these whole nine personality traits are of understanding, not blaming, right? Knowing that people who might exhibit these didn't receive positive reinforcement as a child. And that is according to psychology. It's not because they're being jerks it's not because they're being difficult. It's because they have not, or we have not, like for me, for so many decades, I was just unaware that this even existed, that I had a possibility of changing it. The complexities of human behavior and personality, they have deep rooted connections with our early life experiences. And when you really delve into that and you look at it it could be painful you could think you have the perfect childhood and then you start looking into it and you're like yeah that was positive but probably not positive like it should have been i probably should have got a little negative feedback on that and 
those like one connection is the influence of positive reinforcements or the lack thereof during childhood. It will shape us in more ways profound than we realize. And so leading with kindness, all these traits discussed here, um, it's just little things that as we understand, even if you don't possess any of these traits, little things to know that other people who might exhibit them towards you, what they could be going towards. Now, I don't mean that they should hurt you or stuff like that, like physically, but you know what I'm saying. In just an everyday conversation, there might be somebody at work or, you know, in your group or whatnot that is exhibiting these things. That could be why, right? That could be why. Each trait that we discussed today, um, from difficulty in accepting the positive feedback to the need for control, it's not a flaw or a failing. Remember, it's a reflection of the individual's journey, the struggles, the triumphs over unique circumstances. And this is where we need to understand that it's okay to be unique. It's wonderful to be unique. We don't all have to be like one another. We don't all have to love what all of our individual uniquenesses are, but we also don't need to demand that people love us for our uniqueness, okay? That's part of the beauty of our uniqueness, right? So it's about acknowledging these traits, uh, using them to understand and kind of foster a patience and a kindness and empathy. Again, those same three words towards ourselves, specifically ourselves, and others who share similar experiences. So that's how it is. And I hope that that helped you today. Nine traits of people who didn't receive positive reinforcement as a child do you have these? I had all nine and I'm working on making sure that I acknowledge these and I raise my son and start talking to other people in ways that we can help improve this so that kids can have the positive reinforcement they need, but also a constructive negative feedback and not this emotionally taxing one. So until next week, I will see you on Wednesday lead with kindness. Bye-bye.